the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 74. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts a new series on leadership. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today I want to start a study on leadership, in part because we've been doing a couple book studies and I want to do something topical, and in part, I don't know why, it just seemed like something that was put on my heart, and so we'll try this. To start with, let's talk about who is a leader and what leadership is and isn't in the context that I'm talking about. Within a family, a church, an organization, there are people in authority, there are people who, on the org chart, are higher up and can hire and fire and those sort of things. And that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about leadership as separated from authority. Maybe it's the same person. Maybe it's not. Take this analogy. You're in the foxholes in war, and the lieutenant, the young lieutenant, stands up and says, let's go, guys. He has authority over his platoon. But no one may move until the sergeant stands up and says, okay, guys, let's go because he is the leader. One way to tell if you're a leader, and not necessarily the best way, is to move in a direction and see if anyone follows. And you may or may not be an authority and yet have leadership. Or you may be an authority and not have leadership, whether that be in a family again, a church, or an organization. So we're going to look at the difference between the two, and we're going to look at what the Bible particularly says about leaders. And let's start with one of the more basic texts, which is coming from the book of Mark, chapter 10. And I'm starting in verse 35. In the book of Mark here, in this particular section, James and John are looking for a particular position. Then James and John, sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers in the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's look at this passage. There are so many things wrong with this passage. Isn't it just astonishing that James and John have the chutzpah to come up to Jesus and say, Lord, teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask. Now, I've been told it never hurts to ask, but this is just an astonishing request. Now, they had a special relationship with Jesus. James, John, and Peter were probably the three closest disciples to Jesus. But still, is it any surprise the other ten became indignant with James and John? And what they were asking for was a special position. They were asking for special recognition. 
they were looking in a sort of hierarchical, the most important people in the kingdom of God will be at the right and the left hand. Now, they're probably thinking at this point that Jesus is going to set up an earthly kingdom soon. And so they really didn't know what they were asking. When they said, yes, we can drink this cup or be baptized with your baptism, they're probably not thinking death. They're probably thinking it's going to be more difficult. It's not clear what's exactly going on, but it's clear that they're clueless. And so Jesus wants to point out their cluelessness because he's really got to change some attitudes here. And he's got to change some attitudes about position, authority, privilege, those sort of things. And so he says, leadership in the church in particular, but leadership among Christians is not supposed to be like those among the Gentiles. It's not supposed to be where you lord it over, where you exercise authority. For you, he says, it's about servanthood. This is very, very, very countercultural now, but especially then. I think we get a picture of authority and not a surprising picture from Matthew 8. And again, authority is not bad, it's just different. When we get the faith of the centurion in Matthew 8, Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for him, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside and into darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it, and his servant was healed at that very hour. Two different people in this story have authority. The centurion has authority, and that means when he says something, he does not expect it to be questioned. And his superiors also have authority over him. When they say something, you don't question it. If you question things, if you question your orders in the army, in the Roman army, that can lead to not just a shortened career, but a shortened stature, uh, physically shortened, as in your head removed sort of thing. Jesus also shows authority in this, and the centurion is recognizing that Jesus has that sort of authority, that when he teaches, he teaches with authority. When he heals, that he can say to sickness, he can say to demons, do this, and they have no choice. And so that's authority, and and that's appropriate. And yet Jesus is saying in a Mark passage that we as Christians are called not to authority, but to servanthood. We are called to something different. Within the church especially, let's take that right now, but I think this also applies within the home, and it also applies within the workplace, and that's going to be a little more controversial potentially. There are times that we need to exercise authority that is given to us, but there are also times we need to influence So, if you are a parent, let's take this, I can tell my children that they need to do their chores. 
I have that authority. It's an appropriate authority that's been given to me. They should listen to me. There's no question about that. But which is going to have more long-term effect on them and who they become? A father who says, we're all part of this family, you have jobs and you do them, or a father who himself pitches in and is participating in the work. I think the latter. And that's sort of the difference between authority and leadership. In that position of authority, sometimes we execute leadership by example. Leadership doesn't always have to do with the words that we speak. And we're going to look at that next time. Next time we're going to look at somebody in the Bible who I would give some credit for the two of the four Gospels getting written who exercised great leadership and the Bible doesn't record a single word that he said. If you haven't figured out who that is, tune in next time to the Bible Study Podcast. And with that, we'll bring this episode to a close. I'll have lots more to say on leadership. I'm interested in your feedback, especially on this particular topic. Please send emails to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on the website, thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. There's nothing in this world that he cannot do if we truly allow his love. We can do nothing without him. Anything that we do apart from him is not something that's permanent. We all need his grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people on our way to a place that we believe is, is waiting on us in heaven. You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all one family. Amen.